Listeners, readers, welcome to this Fox page recommendation where I take a couple of minutes to tell you why you might or might not want to read this book that I love. Uh, I can tell you right now that the answer to that question is that you definitely want to read this. This is the book that I was reading, um, you know, toward the end of the pandemic when I was a little bit burnt out by everything, uh, my seminars and lecturing included. And I read this book and thought to myself, this is something I have to share. This is a book that makes me want to get right back on that Zoom and get right back with my people and share. Uh, and not only, not only did it encourage me to go back, it encouraged me to think a little bigger. We can thank uh, Dorothy Baker and Cassandra at the wedding for the whole notion of the podcast at all. So this is a book, it is, uh, was published in 1962. It was brought back out by the New York Review of Books. I will read almost anything that they bring out because their list is so incredible. They do an amazing job of, of uh, publishing authors who maybe were very well known in their day uh, and have maybe slipped out of favor. But this is one where I then proceeded to read everything that Dorothy Baker has read or has written before this. There may be four or five novels. Um, so 1962, it was published. It is the story about two identical twins who live in California, one of whom is about to get married. So they are gathering in their family's ranch out in the foothills to have the wedding of one of the identical twins. The other one is finishing up her French master's degree at Berkeley, which is a place that is near and dear to my heart, not only because our daughter was born there and we lived in Oakland for a while, but because I did my PhD in the Department of Romance, Literature and Languages at Berkeley. So what's incredible about this sense of place is the way that Dorothy Baker handles detail. So I could open this book to any page and would be absolutely struck and could talk for 90 minutes about a single detail. It's just absolutely astonishing the way that she chooses to portray California, these girls. And there's something really um, kind of extra alluring for me. It's a little bit of a Mad Men vibe. Their father is a professor um, and, a, and a philosopher and their mother is a writer and they live also with their grandmother. There's a very sort of um, Salinger kind of glass family feel to the whole thing. But there also is a little bit of Didion in the sense of the Central Valley and the heat in California and agriculture and this, this uh, citrus ranch that they live on. Although they're very much kind of gentlemen farmers. This is not an agricultural family. This is a highly intellectual group, in fact. But you have this incredible setting. You have this incredible selection of details. On top of that, what makes this book really work is incredible character development. The character development is really outstanding, as is the sense of plot. So as you guys who've listened to the seminars know, uh, I'm generally not that interested in plot, but this is a book where a lot is happening. And not only is a lot happening on the level of the word choice and on the syntax and on the punctuation, but there's a lot happening just in terms of plot. There's a lot of tension. There's a lot of like, will they, won't they, that kind of thing. So I cannot recommend it highly enough. As always, I'm gonna dive in with this first sentence. Those of you who've listened to the seminars before know that I put a lot of stock in paying close attention to this first sentence, the first paragraph, the first page. If we have a more challenging text, that first introduction will really show us 
what is to come, how we wanna focus our attention, any of the nuance that we should be looking out for. But I can also tell you that for me, if the first sentence is not great, then I will have a, a very difficult time overcoming the obstacle. But in this case, it is the first sentence that really sucked me in. Okay, right on page three here. I told them I could be free by the 21st and that I'd come home the 22nd, June. But everything went better than I expected. I had all the examinations corrected and graded and returned to the office by 10 the morning of the 21st. And I went back to the apartment feeling so footloose, so restless that I started having some second thoughts. So this is um, really launching us and it's uh, giving a hint as to some of the conflict that we're going to find. Uh, but it also is, is um, there, there actually is a lot of attention paid to numbers and to sort of logistics. You might be thinking, what is with all those dates? But I can tell you that paying attention to Dorothy Baker really pays off. Every single choice that she makes in terms of detail and certainly when she's repeating things the way that she is here, it's, uh, there's a lot more to that 21st than just the date that she thought she would head home. So you can imagine that in a book about identical twins, there is a lot about individuation. There's a lot about becoming your own person. And it's a huge deal for these young women, partially because they are uh, identical twins, but also for other reasons as well. So on page seven here, I looked across, she's at a bar. What, there's a lot of drinking, a lot of drinking is going on. That's a very Didion, California kind of thing. Um, but we have in a very Mad Men sort of 1962 feel. There's a very early 60s, end of the 50s uh, vibe throughout the book. So again, on page seven. I looked across the space behind the bar and saw my face in a blue mirror between two shelves of bottles. The bottles looked familiar enough, but I didn't immediately recognize the face. Mostly, I think, because I didn't want to. It's a face that's given me a lot of trouble. But I looked again in a moment or two, unable not to, and this time I let myself know who it was. It was the face of my sister Judith. Not precisely staring, just looking at me very thoughtfully, the way she always used to when she was getting ready to ask me to do something. Hold the stopwatch while she swam 400 meters, taste the dressing and tell her what she left out, explain the anecdote about the shepherd and the mermaid. So I, I, I'm realizing that as I am saying that, this is actually a perfect distillation of a bunch of different things that become very important. Water is very important. Um, entertaining people is very important. Domesticity is very important. But I am not going to pick apart this little, uh, this little section anymore because you will have to go and uh, listen to the 90-minute lecture on Cassandra at the wedding. Uh, I can also tell you this was something that I delivered on Zoom and oh, actually, and in the bookstore, it was our first time back after COVID in, uh, in person, live in the bookstore. And this was a real crowd pleaser. I mean, I had people who just really, really enjoyed this one. There weren't a lot of um, naysayers back at that first meeting. Also, I can tell you that the Audible version is delightful. So I'll leave it there. I hope you decide to read Cassandra at the Wedding, and I hope you love it as much as I did. And I hope you catch the lecture. Happy reading.